This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner, 89.0 Free FM, online, on air, and on demand. With thanks to the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City, New Zealand. This is Salve Regina from the Benedictine Monks. Today is the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I'm Julie. Today I'm joined by Father Franson from the Cathedral, St. Mary's Cathedral in Hamilton. You'll hear our discussion on Father Isaac's reflections and help in understanding today's readings. And the readings we have today, first reading is from the prophet Amos. The Lord's word against those who buy the poor for silver. Today's psalm is Psalm 113. The second reading is from the first letter of Paul to Timothy. Let prayer be offered to God for all, for God wishes everyone to be saved. And then gospel reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let's listen to what Father Isaac has to say. Yeah, so essentially you've got the, the steward, you've got the, the parable of the, of the astute or the, the wasteful steward. It begins with the fact that, well, I guess it starts with the, the steward being reported to not be handling the master's uh, money in a, in a good way. And so then it, it, it's a... The, the master comes to him and says, you can no longer remain to be a steward. It, it all begins from that, that he's, he's no longer going to be a steward. And and then it, it sort of snowballs from there. But but like all the parables, there's this kind of catches and twists within the parable. And and it's always interesting to, to try and understand what that catch is trying to display for us in the Christian life. How do you as a learned man interpret it? And I've got another question with that. You've obviously read this reading a number of times mm. over the course of your life. When you read it, do you get different insights each time? Yes, but this, I must admit to Julie, this is, it's interesting because this is one of the hardest parables to understand. <laughs> I'm not sure how many times you read this one, 
how many times you read this one in preparation for today too, but uh, this is one of the parables that's not super clear. And, and, and even the twist is one where you're sort of like, and what does he really mean by that? And so it's it's always quite interesting. But it is the words of Christ, so it's quite um, it's quite beautiful just to reflect on that. But but like all things, when it comes to the Word of God, we always dis, we have a displacement or a, a, we we have a disposition whereby we allow the Spirit to speak to us, you know. And and and, and the Word of God can can always kind of strike us in different ways, you know, as our life circumstances change, and also as we reflect on. On, on the word of God. Let's assume, because we don't know who listeners are to this mm. show, let's mm. assume we have somebody reading this perhaps for the very first time or the second time. How would you suggest that they read it to get an understanding? Because you've said that it is one of the most difficult. So where might they start? I would say, I mean, you just start with the... The contents that's right in front of you. So, whenever we uh, begin to read the Word of God, we read it firstly with a trust that what is in front of us is divinely inspired. So, we we, we begin with a, an element of prayer and asking our Lord to, as as this word is being read in our let, let's say out loud or just in our our mind, we're sort of like conscious of the fact that the Lord can be speaking to us right now. This is the word of God. It's the best way to start because even as non-Christians or non-Catholic scholars can reflect on the word of God, they don't, there's, there's a certain dryness to it when a scholar is reflecting on the word of God and is not open to the spirit and how the spirit kind of is trying to explain to us how we are to live the Christian life and how we are to follow the master and how we are to imitate Christ our Lord and Saviour. It's more a, a theoretical understanding than a a theological. Yeah, and and I guess in a sense the this is the thing, like the word of God is, is living and active, which means that whenever we read it, we should always read it with an aspect, an aspect of openness to it changing us openness to it kind of striking us in a new way like you just said before so uh, rather than reading it with a, an element of you know what can can I take out of this for myself as a as a plan of life you know so that I can be better feel better but rather what can I learn from this so that I can serve my lord and master and, and my neighbor in a more loving way how does this this week's gospel follow on from last week's gospel is there a connection yeah, good question this gospel this week so we're going through luke chapter 16 this is the first part of luke chapter 16 but these all of these parts of i think it's from luke chapter 9 i think or luke chapter 10 we have christ is walking on his way to jerusalem so at the end of chapter 10 or something like luke's gospel our lord sets his eyes like flint towards jerusalem and so he's walking along the back streets and through towns and villages towards Jerusalem, uh, which has a symbology in and of itself. But it's a series of sayings in which he's sharing in parables, which are kind of like for us, um, a series of parables for us and how to live our journey towards Jerusalem, our journey towards the cross, our journey towards redemption. So that's the context. And we've just had the parable last week of the prodigal son and the parable two other parables with that too of the lost coin and the lost sheep and then there's other parables too before that and conditions of following Christ and 
he's basically teaching his disciples as they follow on after him towards Jerusalem. And, and along the way, there's healings too. That's the context of it all. Is walking towards Jerusalem. How about the the first the first reading, which is from the book of the prophet Amos? Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? How does that link in? The first reading on Sundays, the first reading and the gospel reading, they're all tied in together, aren't they? they, they mm. There's a connection. Yeah. The prophets, when we, when we read the books of the prophets, often they are speaking to, they're always kind of admonishing uh, the Israelites for their, their lack of love for the Lord. And basically their lack of love, the, the two, the one commandment, which is entwined in two, you know, love the Lord thy God with all their heart, mind, soul, and the neighbor as ourself. You know, and that's to love the poor. And the prophets primarily constantly calling the Israelites back to love the poor. And so, yes, there's a, a primacy or, a, a, you know, like the um, Pope Francis has been endorsing and the church has been speaking of, you know, since the age of the church began, uh, since Christ, of a preferential option for the poor. And so I think that's Mos- Amos, sorry, is, is calling us to that. He's saying, you who trample the needy and try to suppress the poor people of the country, we can buy up for the poor for money and the needy for a pair of sandals. And it's, it's kind of, and he says at the end of that, never will I forget a single thing you have done. I guess that's probably the, the clinch pit of, the, of that first reading. Yes, that's... In a sense of, because that's the Lord there saying, I do not forget what you have done to the poor and to the needy. In a sense of what you have also not done to the poor and the needy too. How would you suggest that from today's gospel reading... People reflect on it and take it out into their lives. How can we listen to this gospel, read this gospel, hear this gospel reading, and do as God wants us to do after reading it? In this gospel, it's it's, it's an interesting one because our Lord is really trying to, and this is the, all of these parables, they have a little clitch to them, uh, a catch. And, and this one comes here, at the end, or near the end of it, it says, The master com- commended the dishonest steward for his prudence. And he says this, For the sons of the world, or for the sons and daughters of this world, of this world are wiser than their own generations than the sons of light. So he's, he's kind of, our Lord's, there's, there's always a sense of humor too in the Gospels. So our Lord is saying here that the sons of this world are wiser than their own generation, so, that, so in a sense those that are evil. The sons of this world. If you're, if you're a person of the world, there's an element of evil. Then this, the children of light, the sons of light. He's saying those who are shrewd in the world. He's kind of calling for us as disciples of Christ to be also sh- like shrewd in, in how we share the gospel. And and what he means by that is, yeah, it's kind of funny because what has happened in this parable is that the dishonest steward has taken away and written off money, so given away money of the master's. It's like our Lord is sort of saying, be generous with what you give of your own talents, but also be shrewd in a sense of how you go about it. Like in a sense of when we, like St. Paul talks about it too in his in his writings, you know, that they work so hard for a wreath. Those who are doing it, going, running in the Olympics, they, they strive so hard to work for a wreath. Uh, and how are we striving to serve the kingdom of God? You know, how are we striving to... To, to serve the poor, to love the Lord in the poor and in our own 
prayer life and how are we striving in our life to serve the Lord? And are we really putting a primary, a primacy on that, you know, in the same way that there's a primacy of those sons in the world, those who are evil work so hard. Are we working so hard for the Lord? He kind of implies that as a master, he doesn't mind if we are wasteful with his goods, but he wants us to be wasteful in a sense of building up the kingdom, like service of the kingdom. But then there's, there's a catch too, and it comes afterwards. I, th- I think that's also, I was reading the Bible. I wasn't reading the text, what has in the, in the mass lectionary. Yeah, it says at the end there, which talks about those who, it says here, those who are faithful with very little are also faithful in, in a lot. And so when it comes to, you know, our Christian life, if we are shrewd with, or, or prudent and uh, exacting with very little, then we'll be exacting with, with a lot too. And if we are giving away much, um, then we'll give away much when, as we build it up too. I was doing some reading and doing a bit of research and what from Loyola and what came through there was if we or when we place importance on the little things, it also means that we've got importance on the big things as well from, mm. from this, this reading. I mean, mine finishes off... No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we there was a, a gospel reading that said Jesus wanted his followers to to follow him, hating their parents and their friends mm-hmm. and their family. But the word hate as it's been translated over the years or, or through the different languages, isn't hate as we understand it in English, is it? It's that hate is, it hasn't got the same emphasis as love. That when we hate our parents, it's because we don't hate them in English. We've put God ahead of them. Yeah, that's another hard saying too, but it's not. And I think it's the, the question we need to ask there is, what does our Lord mean by hate? And sometimes we can think the opposite of love is to hate, but that's not actually true. Hatred is, although it's often seen in today's world as like the greatest evil to hate someone, but our Lord there is saying, he's speaking about preferences. He's speaking about, you know, our order, and we, we are to have an order in our life. And he's basically it's it's absolutely profound because there's no other prophet, there's no other person in the whole of history who says you can hate everything else but love me. Nobody says that. I mean, that's, if anybody said that, they're ridiculous. And and here, someone is saying that to his disciples, hate your mother and your father. What he's trying to say is there must be an order and we must love the Lord our God first and then allow that love to to then be of love to, to others. So there's an order needed there. Because truly, if we, if we love someone, it means to will to will their good. And so if we love our parents, if we if we hate our parents in respect of difference towards God and always putting God first, then he's going to actually help us to love them better than we can if we you know, put them first and put God second. And um, that's a dichotomy, right? That's, mm, it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. He's kind, of, he's kind of putting a bit of a catch on there. And it, he's saying it because he wants the people to think like Christ is really, and this is the, the humor of Christ as well. Like he's, he's saying, hate your mother and your father. And he's saying this, 
you know, it seems ridiculous that he says that he's that he's actually commending the steward. Good on you. Well done. It seems ridiculous. Why is he saying well done? And in a sense, because the steward has shown mercy to to others, but then also shown mercy so that he can be received well in this world. But are we showing mercy to those in this world in order to be received by them in heaven? Like, for example, uh, the saints talk about go about and love the poor in the neighborhood and give your, give to the poor and, and serve the poor. And, and our Lord says, then they will receive you in the kingdom of heaven. You know, these, these poor people will vouch for you. These poor people who were cast out by society were, you know, drunkards on the street and, and society didn't care for them. But you went around and they will be there in the kingdom of heaven. So well, this this person was 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 generous towards me. Can you welcome them in? You know, so this and this is what the steward is doing here on earth. You know, this is a shrewd steward and a <laughs> and a wasteful steward on earth. And our Lord's kind of saying, you know, I would rather he's kind of showing that the master doesn't really want that money. The master doesn't really mind so much about the money. And our Lord doesn't mind so much about our talents and our gifts. He just, he wants us to use them for the good of others. But at the same time, we need to be prudent in how we do that. And we need to be, it's kind of, if we are generous, if we are exacting, we can be exacting, but we must also be generous in how we give it away. (laughs) It's a a really interesting gospel. I, I find there's so much to it. And yet at the same time, there's, so much that I feel I still don't understand about it. When I do a lectio divina, I I love to begin with the psalm for the for the for the day. So perhaps I can do that. Because the psalm, whenever it comes to these readings for the Sunday, the psalm also has like, it's almost like the thread that ties the readings together. And it's poetry from the word of God, which which really is the theme for the day. So let me just read that. So the response is, praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. May the name of the Lord be blessed both now and forevermore. Praise, Praise the, the Lord, Lord who lifts, up, lifts the poor. up the poor. High above all nations is the Lord, above the heavens his glory. Who is like the Lord our God, who has risen on high to his throne, yet stoops from the heights to look down, to look down upon heaven and earth. Praise the Lord Praise who, the Lord lifts, who up lifts up the poor. Up the poor. From the dust he lifts up the lowly, from the dung heap he raises the poor, to set him in the company of princes. Yes, with the princes of his people. Praise the Lord, Praise the Lord who, who lifts, lifts up, up the poor. poor.
Welcome back. I'm Julie and you're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.0 Free FM online, on air and on demand. Thanks to the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City. First reading is from the book of the prophet Amos. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land saying, When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will measure out less and charge more, and tamper with the scales, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely, I will never forget any of their deeds. The Word of the Lord. Second reading is a reading from the first letter of Paul to Timothy. My dearly beloved, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and it is acceptable in the sight of God, our Saviour, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and the human race, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that the manager was squandering his property. So the rich man summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summonsing his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to them, Take your bill, sit down quickly and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. 
and his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.